0: You're listening to KSQD Santa Cruz, Squid 90.7 FM, and streaming live at ksqd.org. This is Community Radio from the Monterey Bay, and this is your Saturday morning garden show in the garden. I'm Stephen E. Pop, along with Joe Truscott, we're Hi your everybody. hosts, <laughs> and today's topic Today's show is all about orchids. Uh, orchids you represent one of the largest of all genuses in the plant kingdom by far with thousands of different species. And to talk about orchids with us today, we are fortunate to have our guest who is an expert, orchid expert, hybridizer, and grower Andy Easton and a really cool guy. <laughs> Andy is a native son of the magnificent country of New Zealand. He's the founder and owner of New Horizon Orchid Company, originally based in Salinas, California. Yay! Which, uh, starting and I believe it, if I'm correct, about 2016, was transitioned uh, in a move to Colombia, where Andy is now a resident, living near Medellin. I would like to welcome and say good morning. To our guest, Andy Easton. good morning, and welcome to the show.
1: Say morning, help. Stephen, and uh, morning, Joe. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, it, 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 well, it's, it's great. This is a, this is something totally new for me. So oh, good. I'm very happy to be very happy to be with
2: you. Oh, come on, yeah. you're you're a man of the theater. I know it. You have got it in you. Yeah, Andy. but I,
1: I I've not done radio interviews. It's very rare. I did a I did a few. Uh, PBS things and days gone by and that but uh, no this is uh, this is gonna
0: be fun well good I'm glad I'm glad to hear you say so you you sir are a man of renown in the orchid world uh, for those who who are lovers of the aristocrat of flowers as it I believe was once called tell us a little bit about yourself it's Andy still, and you' back
1: that is it yeah is it
0: is it the aristocrat yeah and, and
1: uh, I, I, I got to keep these
0: rosarians alive <laughs> well well i think the the rosarians would like to think that theirs is the king of flowers but i know <laughs> that i know for a fact that orchids have been referred to as the queen of flowers and and i am reminded that, 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 that. of uh, yeah. shakespeare's yeah. Um, uh, play antony and cleopatra where he uh he described uh cleopatra uh as as um oh what did he say it was uh, age Cannot wither her, nor custom, custom stale her infinite variety, and I think that applies pretty well to orchids too. Well, yeah, oh,
1: they're just you know they're so diverse. I mean, that's the uh, in Colombia you see, or I see more diversity than than anywhere else in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's just astonishing the diversity. Um, to me, almost overwhelming. I mean. Uh, they are still today finding new species. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, that's fairly in the traditional orchids, you know, the mainstream orchids, new sure. species are uh, relatively, relatively rarely found, you know, maybe two or three a decade. Mm-hmm. But, uh, in Colombia, they're probably still finding them, you know, two or three a month. No. What, uh, w-
0: would that be respective, then, of the many different climate zones that Colombia has, yes, with the these Andes these down to the ocean? microclimates. Yeah, microclimates.
1: Yes, there's little little microclimates. And, uh, you know, as people move around, you know, some of the areas are relatively inhospitable and some have been mm. you know inhospitable for the wrong reasons you mm. know with, mm-hmm. with uh gorillas and that's cartels of and so, the gorillas but, yeah you know as people are going out and and scientists you know there's a I, what i try and encourage and and am encouraging and, and i'm seeing results is there's another generation young young orchid enthusiasts you know i'm old <laughs> I'm, I'm 75 years old as of a month ago and uh Okay, you know, I, uh, I'm looking at young people and, and uh, finding them too. That's the other thing is you're finding mm-hmm. these people that are passionate, and uh, you know, they 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 it's their heritage. When you're dealing with a Colombian, it's good because you know it's part of their country, the fabric of their society. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I uh, I'm having fun. I mean, <laughs> I, I I'm very happily turning things over to younger people and sharing right. information and plants and right, nice. that with them. It's a uh, it's become one of the main main focuses now in my uh, in my hybridising work mm-hmm. is, to, is to involve these young people. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, young. I'll extend young to forty. Even you know, yeah. I mean, it's not a, you know, it's not not sure. not, not just twenty twenty two year olds. But uh, there is a that that to me is very rewarding and very exciting.
2: Yeah. Are you fi- before we leave the native species? Uh, are you finding yeah. uh, uh, specimens that? Have a market potential that would be uh,
1: not not so much, but you never know. You know, in in plant breeding, one of the things that you that I've learned over over you know many years now is that you never know when you need something.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, it's a bit like bit like rare strains of, of anything, or, or or the historic um, you know uh, varieties of apple or or uh, apricot or something like that. You mm-hmm. never know. When you need the genetics of that specific plant. Right. Oh
3: no kidding! So, yeah, uh, yeah. You know,
1: it, it, it's uh, it, sometimes it, you know it's not immediately apparent. And then you say, "Oh gosh, if only I had that." Or now we are able to say sometimes, "Oh, we've got something here that might give that char- might pass on that characteristic, which would be disease resistance or right. walk tolerance."
3: Right, one, right.
1: One of the things that we're we're working on things like warmth tolerance, and that what that means is. It, it's not. It doesn't mean the orchid needs heat, but it means that the orchid can withstand hot summers. say. Mm. so you uh-huh. know, you say, oh, "Well, this is a warm-tolerant orchid." Now, someone's going to grow it in Kansas um, and not worry about it in the summertime. I know they have to heat it in the wintertime yeah, in their little greenhouse or whatever. When the summertime if it gets to ninety degrees, that orchid's quite happy. And mm-hmm. that building that, that heat tolerance into some of the more mainstream orchids has been. You know, it's a very challenging, but also a very satisfying. Uh, some of the results
0: we're getting. Well, you you bring right. up you, you bring up an interesting topic there in in terms of the distribution of orchids and and the different species of orchid. I think that a lot of our listeners may perhaps think that orchids are primarily a, a tropical or a subtropical plant, and yet there yeah. are many that uh, grow way outside in more temperate regions. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yes, that's, that, that's correct, and then, you know, w- by working between those two types, you, you, you're creating a sort of a, a more complex hybrid that basically says, okay, I'm quite happy to be cold in the wintertime, or mm. cooler in the wintertime, and I, and I can take whatever you throw at me in the summer,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: that's, a, you know, that's a, that's a plus. That's a plus for any hobbyist or grower anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. you know, it really, it, it really is, yeah. and... Uh,
0: well, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with the, the daunting challenges of trying to make a living uh, growing orchids uh, commercially. I, I spent a few years working with Andy Matsui's uh, orchid operation in Salinas and uh, primarily yeah. Phalaenopsis and, and Oncidiums uh, out of that operation. But it's such a – I mean, the the return is so low per unit. Even if you're doing your own tissue culture – and, and producing them on site, um, it's not a great. Um, uh, it's it's got to be volume. It's got to be by volume to make any you money. Know,
1: you know, things are changing. Yeah, things are changing. Yeah. Um, the um, the phalaenopsis industry has, has had some major impacts in the last twelve months. You know, mm-hmm. in, in particularly in in, in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. and uh, they, you know, they, some of the, some of the companies have gone bankrupt. I mean, yeah. just just gone, yeah. it's really gone. Mm-hmm. But right. um, say the cymbidium industry has strengthened, hmm. has strengthened because you know the the uh, uh, the cymbidiums are probably in an overall sense uh, use half the energy of a phalaenopsis. Uh-huh. So I I work with cymbidiums and also uh, the intergeneric hybrids in the adotic blossom alliance. You know the the uh, those sort of things, and they are, they are coming strongly again. So, uh, and again, with a, in both cases, with a, with with a twitch to the to the to the warm, warm, warmer growing things.
3: So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: It, it just means that someone in in Holland, they again the summers get warm there now. You know, there's been plenty of warm summers in Holland in the last oh, decade. Yeah, climate and change. And so, uh, those plants are happy there, but in the wintertime, they're also quite happy to be cool.
0: They so can,
1: you know they can grow at the normal cymbidium temperature. So uh, you know that's that that's been the challenge I've been working with, and and we're, we're seeing results now. So uh, yeah, I, I would say that the, the you know the cymbidium say the cymbidium market in Holland is up uh, as compared to the sure, phalaenopsis sure. market, which has had a. You know,
0: a fairly impactful uh, twelve months. Well, the phalaenopsis is almost entirely, uh, unless you're living in uh, a climate perhaps uh, that is subtropical. It's it's a greenhouse uh, type produced item. Yes,
1: Whereas symbidiums
0: yes, my cymbidiums at home here in Prunedale, outside of Salinas, are blooming. We'll, we're started blooming uh,
2: the end of December, yeah. and, uh, yeah, and doing it, quite fine. I always wanted to ask you whether or not the commercial potential of cymbidiums is the individual flowers for floral flower shops cut and cut flower. flower cut flower mm-hmm. trade, as opposed to those uh, ones that are here in California, where people grow them as landscape uh, potted plants. Uh, it, or w- potted where's plants the or
1: landscape yeah? Where, there's where a, there's a divergence? There's, a, there's mm-hmm. a complete divergence. So what you're seeing now is that. And I, I this is a prediction, so it's, it's, it's not fact. I would predict that the price of cymbidium, the standard cymbidiums, we call them the large-flowered ones, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the price of those will go substantially higher per flower. Per flower, Yeah, so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, per flower. So, so you've got a stem of ten. that probably are, are on the market in the US now, uh, in the dollar fifty range mm-hmm. per flower. Dollar fifty, dollar seventy-five. That's wholesale. They will go up. They go up to five dollars per mm. flower, mm-hmm. so that that mm-hmm. stem of, of ten flowers is fifty dollars. That's a, and that will be for, you know, a premium item for weddings and right. and you know, right. big, big, uh, social occasions and you know, major arrangements. And that market, it probably won't grow much, but it will always be a, a, a you know, a high, high price prestige flower market.
0: Well, and as a cut then, flower, they're so long-lasting. I mean, the vase life is incredible. Well, you, you,
1: yes, you, you know, you don't, if you don't use them this week, you can yeah. use them in something next week. Yeah, <laughs> no, and,
0: and the following week, yeah, no doubt. And
1: the following week. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so that market that market will, in my opinion, strengthen both mm-hmm. in, in um, demand and, and price. So, you know, and it's being fed by, you know, there's, there's a seasonal production that is almost ceased of cymbidium cut flowers in the U.S. now almost ceased. So
0: yeah, if you're it has. in New York, <laughs>
1: Chicago, around. but they're coming from they're coming from Holland yeah, right now. Yeah. The cymbidiums are not coming from California.
0: There's yeah.
1: minimal minimal uh, production of, of of those standard cymbidiums in um, sure. in California now. I and mean, there used to be you know, it used to be millions.
3: Yeah, yeah. Produced, oh yeah,
0: no, you know. absolutely. Well,
1: big, Andy, big, big 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 change there. And then the potted plant market, um, mm. now, I've got a bias here because I'm involved in it. Um, I see it as becoming, the plant's becoming smaller. Um, mm. we're, we're certainly working on developing smaller plants and bringing them back to the size of a Phalaenopsis.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So, so oh, my. You've, you've, you've got to finish them quickly. You've know, got to finish in, in 30 months from when you take a a little plant was out of a flask. for when it's in bloom, you've got to be in that twenty-eight to thirty-two months range for finishing the product. And they want minimum of two spikes, preferably three spikes. Right, so that's a, right. a compact item, a potted plant item, and that market is increasing. And uh, it's you know it, it it's interesting, and I I won't actually name the companies because that mm. uh, they would betray our commercial confidence, but. Three major nurseries in the U.S. One that's never grown cymbidiums, two that have grown cymbidiums, mm-hmm. have all ordered hundreds of thousands in, in total, hundreds of thousands of this type of plant in the last 12 months.
0: Now, are those being uh, shipped as as a tissue culture item and auger to be grown on, or are they semi-finished yeah, yeah.
1: plants? They're coming out of they're coming out of the Netherlands, coming out of floriculture okay. okay, in the Netherlands. Right. Right. And they will be grown growing and finished here, so that symbidiums at the moment, you know, you, you, you you've got to put numbers on it. Yeah. I would estimate there's fewer than than thirty thousand cymbidium pot plants a year available right now in the United States. Wow, that's unbelievably low. Yeah, it is unbelievably low. That, that so, that's uh, like
0: one nursery's output for a few months or well, something. Well, you know, it's
1: it, it, it's almost the case. That uh, I, again, I won't mention the name of the nursery, yeah, but yeah. it's almost one, one nursery, and right. one of the nurseries that has made this big order for uh, a potted plants and cymbidium, cymbidium you know, those these more compact cymbidiums, is going back into them again. Well, and, now and, are are these and went out and went out so.
0: Are these small plants being um, uh, grown via? I mean, the, the smallness of them via hybridizing, or is this plant growth regulators that are being applied?
1: No, it's uh, they. they, they idioms do not respond too well to any yeah, of the plant growth regulators. Right, so it's, right. uh, it's it's basically a genetic thing, and uh, you know New horizon is. We certainly we're working on that because. We see that as the future. You know, we don't see houses getting bigger. Yeah.
3: Right, right. Exactly.
1: You know, and, and greenhouses, <clears throat> too. You know, uh, oh, yeah. you, could have, you get a big stand at some and a hobbyist greenhouse, and it takes out half the greenhouse. Sure, sure. <laughs> that's, <laughs> not the, that's not the future You're in my yeah. view, anyway. Yeah, Yeah, you know. I mean, maybe
2: I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, yeah. For for our uh, Andy, for our listeners who might have a cymbidium on their patio, what's what's the blooming cycle? How can they keep them blooming? How can they keep them healthy? Um, What? Just tell us. Well, I'll
1: give you some quick quick tips. I mean, I think the where I see trouble, you know, when you see people having trouble, then you know that it's pretty it's pretty easy to say what's wrong. Mm. So I think one of the problems, and I've grown in, obviously in Salinas, I know how to grow there with minimal heat or no heat.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, you know, I think many people overwater them in the period from mm. November to February. I think that's a, that's one of the worst setbacks to, to, to growing some mediums, you know, on patios and, and unheated greenhouses and that sort of thing. You've got to, they you know they don't die from being dry, right? It, it, right. It's absolutely the opposite, and uh, you know think about their ancestry. Their ancestry is in the Himalayas. When the monsoon stops, all they get is the is is, is the mist at night time, and you know the moistness around the roots from the from. The, they don't they don't get rain at all, uh-huh. and so that's been one of the, you know that's one of the big bugaboos for people that are. Uh, that are, you know, trying to maintain plants under those conditions. I think Salinas is a relatively Salinas so Monterey area, relatively easy place to grow. Oh, through.
0: yes, it you is.
1: The regular cymbidiums, regular yeah. because, uh, you know, the climate is is, is, is you know, it never, it's not really that hot in the summertime, and, and the, the winter time it's not really that cold. But the dry, making, paying attention to not over-watering them at that time is mm-hmm. critical. Yes. And then I think that, they, you know, there once the spring starts, you know, everything everything starts to clean down around Valentine's Day. They're out mm-hmm. in the fields getting going. You know, that's when you that's when you start to feed your You mm-hmm. know, they, that's when you start to to, to push them into growth. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's not. You know, people get involved in these complex formulas, and you know, and I say, well, you know, if you are a big commercial operation, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if you're a duck operation, you'll be fine tuned and that. But something like Nutricote, um mm-hmm. I love Nutrico. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's it's got a little bit, um, little bit high level of uh, phosphorus, mm-hmm. but but there's no problem with it. You oh, know, that's a calories, that's a slow
0: calories. release type fertilizer,
1: low release type fertilizer, and you know, if you. If you apply a eight, eight i think it's eight to nine months um Nutricote in 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 um in february you you'll your plants will grow well you know it's it's a it, you know it just and it's going to deplete right at the time where you're going to be reducing the watering before thanksgiving mm. it's it's a you know it's it, it it's a sort of a, a very natural cycle it's a it's a good product and and uh, i've certainly used it commercially now you know, we we fiddle around and add a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. That's that's a that's a complex, you know, more commercial type thing. But um, yeah. the, for for a person that just wants to enjoy their plants and you know, relatively you know, low care, that something like that is is a very very easy fertilizer.
0: Now, one and of the, the one of the things that I think a lot of our listeners <clears throat> might be confused about also is that um cymbidiums included that. uh There are different types of growing media for orchids, whether they're uh, epiphytic or, well, lithophytic or or saprophytic or or terrestrial. And uh, the question always arises: Well, should I be putting them in orchid bark? Should I plant them in dirt? Uh, Should I just stick them in the crotch of a tree somewhere and let them live off the air? Uh, What what can you advise?
1: Never dirt. I mean, I think that's that's just yeah. You know, well, of course, dirt dirt has different meanings. Different
0: mineral soil, mineral bark. soil. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but I I think I think bark is still the the easiest. You know, I, I'm going to go with the easiest. But you mm-hmm. you got to the price of bark. Again, I don't know why, but um, the price of bark has just become exorbitant in, 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 in for some customers. You mm-hmm. know, the quality of that bark is good. It's an imported bark that many people yeah, use, but yeah. um, you know I, I'm using bark in Columbia, but it's local bark, and right. it's not, maybe not good, but it's you know it's uh, it might last two years instead of three years. Well, that's not the end of the world. So right. uh, you, I think there are, there are you know there are local bark products. You have to hunt a little bit for them, but that are more reasonably priced. But bark, you know, and then you've got to amend it. You know, you sure. have to put things with it, like like some li- some, some, Lava some uh, dolomitic lime and mm. you gypsum. Mm. I always tell people, gypsum is the is the wonder, you know, so, it's the wonder one wonder chemical because the gypsum is there and it stops the pH, you know, uh, fluctuating. Gypsum is what we always had, uh, you know, dolomitic lime and gypsum mm-hmm. to our back body mixes mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know, I've never in the last 50 years never not done that and uh, it's just little things like that and they're, they're so cheap yep. yeah yeah dollar a pound you know it's it makes and you can top dress them if someone says oh my oh. goodness I've already potted my plants and this guy's talking about uh, you know these two things well you know let's say they potted them last week well they could just top dress them a little bit you know and, and, and still get the benefits for this coming year sure it, 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 but you know we always do that. We we always add those things in. I you know I try to make fertilizing as 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 safe in the first sense, and that's some of the safeness is done by adding these supplements so the pH doesn't shift dramatically. Right. But the other thing is make it easy. Yeah. You know, if you use nitricode, and, and if you say, well, I don't want nitricode, I like osmocote. Puzzle it's okay. It's not my favorite product, but
0: it's okay. <laughs> One slow release, it's another, slow release is another slow release is another slow
1: release. It's better than nothing, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and, and but you know, then when you get when you get to November, really cut the watering down.
2: Well, the, yeah, I, I, let, let me just interrupt you because a, a lot of times, you know, people are growing these on their patios mm. and. If we're going to get rain in California, oh, it's going to come in November, so you know, are you suggesting that you move them into the patio or under a shade or so it, now usually yeah. rain is not hasn't been a problem here for years, <laughs> but this year we are so sopping wet and it's going to come down today again uh ninety hundred yeah. percent chance of rain this afternoon so uh, oh my yeah I mean do we well, yeah, do
1: I, I would say I would say yes. Okay. You know, and that, you know in, in an abnormal situation like that, you've got to say we, we in Colombia. When I went to Colombia in 2018, I, I I was big mouthed and stupid enough to say this is the most perfect environment of growing cymbidiums I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And right after that, the rain started. <laughs> and we, yeah. so yeah. the next year. The rain was up by forty percent.
3: <laughs> yeah, the next
1: year it was up a little more. Last year, at the end of June, twenty twenty two, we were at one hundred and sixty percent of normal rainfall.
0: Oh god! Well, we we it was, it was awful. Yeah, awful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have another friend uh, from, from Colombia who has been on the show, and he has uh, told us about the four seasons in Colombia where you have a rainy season, a dry season, a rainy season, and a dry season, and the last year yep. there was no dry season.
2: Yeah.
1: Correct. Uh, <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that really now, right now, you know, I left Colombia yesterday, um, right now we're going back into a dry, dry cycle. Yeah. and so i' you know i'm looking skywood and and like, giving <laughs> thanks every day <laughs> uh, yeah
2: A- andy i also um, i want you to to explain the the whole process of how you hybridize cymbidiums. and we're switching gears here but mm. how, what is it that you actually have to do and and what is the process that you've been working with over the years when you say i've got oh, this my great
1: trade picks. All yeah, 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 I spill want
2: it. you to spill the guts, man. <laughs> Just put it, well, lay it out on the table. We're taking notes. Put it on the airways.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> look, look, you can only do, I mean, I can only tell you what I do. And so, okay, I trained as a horticulturist. You know, my degrees and everything were in horticulture and plant pathology. Um, I, I have really focused on the genetics now, and you know, you have to. We work with, um, mainly now with arizolin, but formerly with colchicine. So we, we double the, the chromosome number of, of most of the orchids that were floating around 30 years ago, say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the species now exist in tetraploid, doubled uh, from the diploid, ch- changed to tetraploid forms. Mm-hmm. We, we have, um, introduced species that haven't been used before also as tetraploids, so, you know, and the moment you do that, you can predict, you know, you don't have to see the results to predict, you know, they're going to have slightly fewer flowers by about uh, 25%, they're going to have bigger flowers, they're going to have stronger flowers, longer lasting flowers, And and, and whatever characteristics are in those species or hybrids that you treat are going to be... Uh, intensified their their genetic influence is going to be increased and intensified so in the hybridizing you 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 know you're working at a at a, at a fairly sophisticated level mm-hmm. and so the problem is and the problem has been that people pirate the the the, 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 the proper intellectual property protection mm-hmm. on orchids is very weak uh-huh. very weak indeed and even in Europe, there are uh, uh, very few. Say, i have used symbidiums as an example. Very few protected symbidiums there. And so, the the pirates are, we we call them pirates. Mm-hmm. Is the exact word the pirates in the They're, they're, pirating, they're, they're, you know, they're all fits. over the world. Mm-hmm. They're in Australia. They're in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. They're in Korea. They're in India. You know, and they're in they're in Holland even. Mm-hmm. So. These people um, will literally, and and this could be someone that comes over from China or comes over from from, uh, India, they can literally go into a supermarket or whatever, buy a plant, Uh, take it home, put another name on it, put the same name on it that might be on it, and and some of the names are just trade names, they're Mm -hmm, not uh, mm -hmm. the the actual correct genetics, and they start cloning it. Um, and then they market right. that they market it around so pirating has become a, a real uh, negative uh, and a real uh, negative impact on on hybridizing so the really plant,
0: the plant patenting process then is is somewhat uh, lagging it's behind
1: a it's a fail. it's been a failure yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it, well, it's not the cost of the protection. It's the cost of enforcing the protection, okay. and the, uh, the inability sure. or the unwillingness of uh, of uh, national bodies or you know state bodies to to, to actually enforce it yeah that, that's a big problem it so a big problem
2: all right i've i have phalaenopsis um i in fact they're the two phalaenopsis that you gave our friend ruth <laughs> that are yes. uh, that are still on, still alive. they're still going man <laughs> and they've produced offshoots and now's yes. the time where you know i really need to repot them um so What's the pro And I want to separate out the the one on it, start cloning it, and selling it myself. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, uh, Truscottii, I'll, yeah, I'll name it name it yeah. after you know uh, Baby Ruth or something. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. So but what? You just cut those you cut those little kikis. They call them kikis in a while. you kikis, Just cut yep, them off and bottom yep. them up. Yep. And you you I'm wait till they
2: have a little root on them before you do that.
1: Well. you yeah, you should look. You can actually—it's a little trick of the trade—that if they're slow rooting, you can tie a little bit of sphagnum moss around the no. the, the low, you know, the lower uh-huh. part of that kiki, and they'll root into it very quickly. Then you just tie it on with a little bit of wire or a little bit of tape. Sure. So, sure. Uh, and and that's so not a, uh,
2: so you put a little bit of commercial orchid food that you bought at the grocery store in a spray yeah. can, and then you know, dilute it as much as possible, and just spray it all over, and keep them moist, but not. Wet?
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll come away. You know, their uh, phalaenopsis are, yeah, you know, the ones that kiki, the ones that do that uh, naturally are very, uh, you know, they're, they're very easy to, to, to increase. Okay,
2: yeah, because yeah, we, I, I promised listeners that we would talk about how they get their their phalaenopsis to bloom again because people just don't know.
1: Well, it, it, it's a, there's a little bit of a transition, but I I think. The uh, again, the light is important. Mm-hmm. Now you, you don't want to burn them because the phalaenopsis leaves burn very quickly. But uh-huh. light and you know that direct light will 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 burn for sure. But um, more, early morning light, if up somewhere it's in, in, in an east-facing window, and you know that, that, that that's going to you know the sun's going to pass over by 11 a.m. or 10 a.m. That's a that's a very good light for the phalaenopsis, mm-hmm. or ultimately a late afternoon thing. Right, Uh, Late afternoon, you've got to be, you know, you don't want it sort of before like 5 in the summertime. You don't want it before like 5 p.m. But uh, you you still, you know, they still need light. Um, You know, they're a lower light plant, but they're not a low light plant. And uh, I think light is, uh, lack of light is, it's not fertilizer and it's not potting. You know, you see these poor souls on forums and that, you know, what have I done to my Phalaenopsis? And there's a beautiful-looking plant there, and, you know, I don't answer it all the time or don't answer it hardly any of the time, but I would say to them, you know, gosh, just give it a little more light. It's not fertilizer. It's not potting. It, you know, it, it, uh-huh. it's bloomed out, and you've had it in the middle of your dining room table for uh-huh. four, four months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just give it a little more light, and it, it'll, it'll, it'll spike up again. So they're, yeah, they're not they're
0: right. not necessarily day length uh, sensitive for a photo period. It's just giving them a they're little not. more light or a little less light, one way or the other. What about That's the temperature correct, changes correct. as as cooling?
1: I I think the temperature range in 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 the in the typical uh, U.S. home is um, is perfectly acceptable. Okay. You know I, yeah. I do You know I. It's not. Uh, it's not too high and it's not too low. You don't have so, to put uh,
0: them into a cold zone for a while to to set them off again.
1: Well, or something. You, you can do that. You know,
0: um,
1: it's interesting with the, with the dendrobium. You know, it's an interesting it's a Dutch story, but it's a fun story. Yeah. They uh, they had a bunch of you know they were growing nobly type in dendrobiums, uh-huh. and uh, there was a, a place that had a they had a cool room where they used to keep their um for Mother's Day, you know, they'd pick them a little early and keep them cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was it was closed off and it was dark and everything. And some guy made a mistake and he put a trolley of nobly phalaenopsis in there, oh. and they and they sat in there for in the dark for a month. Uh. And so, oh gosh, we've got that trolley of phalaenopsis. They went and got them, and they all had buds on. Them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they looked at each they yeah. looked at each other, yeah. and they said, "These were plants that were supposed to be going out to be grown on to be finished." Sure. And uh, so from that, they learned. That they could they could take those things into the dark for for yeah. uh, thirty days. Yeah. I think they reduced it to, to twenty one days eventually, but uh, yeah. it, was, it was thirty days originally. And they could at any time of the year bring them out and get buds off.
3: Yeah, so, we, you know,
1: sometimes through a, through a mistake you, uh, you you learn something about the. Uh, Handling of that
0: specific. Well, I work. I, yeah. I remember it at Matsui, and we we did do a, a cooling period on the phalaenopsis, but it was also fun to have the Dutch guys come over, and they they would tell us not that they made a mistake, uh, that this is what they've always known, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the way to do
1: it. Uh, well, you know, they're, they're, they're wonderful growers. Yeah. you know, um, yeah. I I remember a great story that we. When Jan Post and Klaus who started floriculture, when they were, uh, they one day I went to them and we went into the lab and uh, we were looking at you know and of course they had a, it's a massive organisation and sure. we were looking at all these plants and they said uh, we're we're very embarrassed and I said well why are you embarrassed you know he said well we had a German guy here the other day who had a little thirty thousand uh, square foot greenhouse small small just a Modern pop operation, sure, sure. and uh, they were starting to clone uh, Miltoniopsis, uh-huh. which is a Colombian, a Colombian influence strongly Colombian, yeah. environmentally uh-huh. sure. influenced plant. And uh, so, anyway, they, their their were terrible; they really oh. were not growing well. Oh. And so, this guy's looking at them, and they're showing them off to him, and said, "Well, you know," and he says, "Are you stupid or something?" And they sort of looked at him. He said. Do you ever do any research on Colombia? Um, no. And he said, "Well, the length down there is twelve hours. You're yeah. <laughs> giving, giving these last sixteen hours. So, a, yeah, a little equatorial, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. And so they they look at each other, and you know, when the Dutchman realizes he's lost uh, hundreds <laughs> of thousands of uh, euros, oh, they not very happy. No, no." So, uh, <laughs> no. But, they they changed their culture immediately, and of course, then they started producing beautiful Miltoniopsis. Uh-huh. But it was just a you know it was just little just little things that you don't think about you know could sort of creep up on you and uh, you know and then Miltoniopsis have sort of waned again now you know the, yeah. there is a fashion in orchids you yeah, know they're, sure. they're into it they're, they're out of it they're into it they're out of it it's a little bit you know there are cycles for sure.
0: Well, uh, you know, one of the things that I think that people don't realize, in in particular, I suppose, with the hybridizing aspect, but even just growing them in production, it takes uh, 18 months to two years from the time you're breaking that flask open and pricking out those little uh, rooted tissue culture pieces until you have a finished product. And that's a long time to wait to see whether or not you did everything right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. there 's a lot that can go wrong in that time, and I, I, don't, I think yeah. that 's underappreciated yeah. it, it, uh, by the buying public
2: how, how do you perform triage in those situations didn 't you say that you, you you sprout them in Thailand or, or Vietnam and then they fly over to you and then oh, you, the rooted, do you uh, I, yeah, yeah. i 'm not sure you still do that but
1: i I, I can assure you i do so uh-huh. I, I have um, you always have two lamps, and uh, that's and we have sort of two and a half if you don't have two, two labs, you're running a terrible risk. Right. You know, could have a fire, it could have a tragedy, the, the vent doesn't open and it cooks all the plants. Mm-hmm. So we always have two labs. So we have a, a lab in, uh, in, in Thailand that does a lot of that work. And now, fortunately, we have a lab in, in Medellin, Colombia,
3: mm-hmm. a new
1: lab that has uh, come on stream and is doing excellent quality work there. Right. And has a third backup, we always have some stuff being cloned, selected and being cloned at mm-hmm. So Floricultura are a very, uh, very sophisticated lab. Um, yeah, they do do very good cloning and very fast cloning. Now, they're the most expensive. So, you know, you, you have to comp- balance all these things out. It's mm-hmm. a world, it's a sort of a world view, but the, the Thai lab is very useful because a big market for us, is currently Australia, and a, a, a rapidly growing market is China.
3: Mm-hmm. Rapidly
1: growing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Thailand is easy to get to those, uh, you know, get to those short-distance, uh, relatively, you know, even, you know, Thailand to Australia, there's daily flights, you know, exactly. daily flights. So, so that, that's, uh, you've got to sort of be a little bit spread globally, so you're not, uh, um, there's really no significant lab now, orchid lab in the US, unfortunately. Mm. I mean, it's just, mm. you know, it, it, it's, it's a cycle, it'll come back, you know, it's uh, you, you, for orchids. Now there are significant plant labs, of course, in Florida and that sort of thing, yeah. but not for orchids.
0: Yeah. So, Andy, if if you could also, apart from the abiotic disorders, could you could you speak a little bit to what sorts of pest issues, other than something like pseudomonas, that would be a greenhouse issue uh, that that the home grower might face, and what to do about it? What sorts of pests or diseases?
1: Well, you, you know, they always it always seems to be mites and uh, and scale. You know, yeah, that's scale. that seems to be the, the the staples. And I again, I. I I never tell people to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, and, and I always want something simple and, and straightforward. So I always use paraffinic oil.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: No other oil. No other oil. Mm-hmm. Paraffinic oil at the correct dilution. And I, as a, as a precaution, not out of necessity, because you can actually spray it in the middle of the day and usually not have any problems. I always do it in the cool of the morning or the evening.
0: But there's no heat and, issue with it? Uh, so there's, there's there's no issue with, with high temperatures, heat, if you were putting it on at 80 degrees or something?
1: I, I, I've not, not ever found that, but I, I'm just naturally cautious. Right. So well, right. That's, that's the only reason I'm doing it, it at each end of the day. Now, when we were growing, I had a, a greenhouse. Um, I was running a, a big greenhouse operation operation, um, in In Florida, and I had a you know a home greenhouse and then there was every pest you can imagine on the on the <laughs> on the on the vegetation around and everything mm-hmm. and I used to just add the paraffinic oil to the injector the fertilizer injector okay and so it, it, I could calculate with dilution and everything and, there, and that I never saw a scale, I never saw a mite. Wow. I mean, it was just so easy. And so people say, "Oh, how can you how can you grow cymbidiums, uh, warm-growing cymbidiums in Florida, and not have, have problems?" And I said, "Well, that's what we do. You know, we fertilize and we're adding that uh, paraffinic oil in." And uh,
0: so it's I a foliar application, then, that is going to smother the pests.
1: Yes, yes, it, no. it has no no chemical uh, control at all. It is right. it is just purely a physical covering <laughs> of, of, of those two of those two most Common and, and most uh, damaging pest mm-hmm.
2: in in and so it's it's essentially just or in orchids,
1: not not just cymbidiums. It could be catlas or anything. Yeah. Fails, yeah, or, yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It, it's an oil yeah. that you that you yeah, with spray with the paraffin. there. Yes.
1: yeah. yeah. But, okay. but 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 paraffinic. Don't you know People say, oh, we're using winter oil or something. No, 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 no. no. never,
2: no, no. never,
1: never. Yeah, and and, and that's readily available. And mm-hmm. it's not expensive. Yep. 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 You know, right. again, it's, it's it's something that a uh, um you you can order it on, uh, you know, on eBay or whatever. Right. That that type of thing. It's not a, you know, it's not some complicated you have to go down and get a permit to get it or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. yeah. Or or I the know are
1: um, not going to do those things. The hobbyist want, you know, the enthusiast, they want something that's tr- simple and straightforward.
2: Yeah. Sure. But sure. but they're also I mean my experience is that that uh those of us growing things at home want them to look you know absolutely perfect and and it it becomes very hard um i'm I'll put in a plug for roses you're buying roses right now <laughs> that are out there, and they're wonderful, but they were grown in Wasco or mm. they were grown in Tyler, Texas, mm. and you're putting them yeah. in a cold ground here on the coast. And they'll do okay this first year, but they won't rejuvenate for next year. They're not going to be as Mm. healthy.
1: So the varietal selection is wrong for this this climate.
2: Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. One of of the other interesting things about orchids that I don't think a lot of people are familiar with is that – there are fragrant uh orchids i mean and apart from the ever famous vanilla planifolia, the the or vanilla fragrance, which is a pretty ugly plant if you've ever seen it i I think it yeah.
1: but <laughs> I think uh, yeah uh
0: but there are fragrant uh, uh uh orchids are there fragrant cymbidiums?
1: absolutely ah absolutely can, can yes. you name no, a no, few no.
0: cultivars or or varieties um
1: well lines i mean you know you you when you when you have uh, Plants bred from Cymbidium insifolium or Cymbidium sinensi, uh-huh. these are species lines. They, they pass fragrance. They pass fragrance on.
3: Okay. Uh-huh.
1: And uh, and then also some of the major species uh, from from days gone by, yeah. like Tracy Arnhem, uh, very fragrant. The the problem with fragrance, the, the, it's a two edged sword. Okay. Mm. Commercially, if a Dutch grower goes up and he sniffs a flower and it's fragrant, he walks right by it. Ah, drive by because he's fully aware that if you sell that as a cut flower, it will last less time because uh-huh. it needs the energy uh-huh. in in in, uh-huh. the, in that cut spike to produce the fragrance. Sure, so that shortens the flower life. If it's a pot plant, exactly the same. That that the flowers on that pot plant will last a shorter time. Yeah,
0: more ethylene. So
1: a and negative yeah. for him. A negative yeah. for him. So then, the third aspect of it is. The few that might be willing to risk it, say in Holland, well when they sell them, they're selling them over the winter. They're in supermarkets and plant shops, low light, you know, yep. six, seven, eight hours of sunshine sunshine a day, and it's not light enough to, to for the fragrance to, to emanate. Oh the, sure. Sure, uh,
0: sure.
3: So,
1: the, so it, it, to it, it, it's to volatilize, yeah. Lose lose, lose situation. <laughs> yeah. But now the hobby is that walks into the orchid show in San Francisco last week and goes to Santa Barbara orchid show this this next weekend, and they smell a fragrant orchid. Oh, I want one of those. Yeah. And that's okay. They don't care that it lasts three weeks no. instead of four no. weeks. Yeah. They don't care.
3: Yeah. Well, our our,
0: so, our most famous one that we were growing back in the day was the Oncidium uh, uh, sherry baby, which uh, sherry
1: baby has yeah. a
0: chocolate-like yeah. smell, um, oh, supposedly.
1: They're still growing it. Are they still?
0: It. It's still in the trade. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I mean, you know, there's
1: lack of imagination. Hybrid- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well,
0: if it sells, it sells, you know. I, I think the well, other thing that we always had our difficulty with, I was telling Joe earlier, was uh, when we first started introducing, especially the fails, to the uh, supermarkets, is the uh, the grocery guys, the uh, excuse me, the uh, produce guys, they would put these phalaenopsis right on top of the banana stand or with the apples yeah, all yeah. around them and wouldn't understand yeah. why all of a sudden all the petals were dropping off the orchids uh, all the ethylene gas being uh, well, uh, ethylene, released
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, 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 it's uh, you know now now they've learned i mean now sure. uh, they, they handle them quite well, differently
0: ethyl block uh, and they put them in the right places but yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah no, so it's, uh, but you know the the endogenerics, which, which you alluded to, uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. at, at Matsui and that, mm-hmm. the endogenerics are changing, and that's yeah. the other area that I'm focusing on and hybridizing. And I'm yeah. working with a friend who's a, a very, very good scientist in, um, in the San Francisco area, Berkeley, mm-hmm. and uh, we're, you know, we're working on those endogenerics to to make them warmer growing again. You so, know, to t- make t- them the t- generics, but t- tell are trying what the- to have them...
2: Tell me andy Sorry. what those are i don't i don't know what that endo so they're,
1: they're, they're crosses they're, they're in the odontoglossum alliance the broad alliance and so they'll have elements of oncidium and uh, brassier and uh and and a, and in and, and, and particular there are some odontoglossum species that grow warmer mm-hmm. naturally and and certainly some oncidium species they grow warmer naturally than, than that broad group that's in Ecuador, Peru, and Colombia mm. you yeah, the yeah. the cool growing things mm. so again they're trying to make something which is more durable and uh we're working on that now, and it it's um it's a work in progress, but it's very exciting I mean you know truly we're seeing we're seeing plants that you could bloom and say medellin we use. From I'm in a place called El Retiro, which is a little town of 20,000 people that I've fallen in love with. Yeah. So it is a wonderful little town. And 30 kilometers away is Medellin. Uh-huh. And Medellin is is uh, much hotter. And so we use that as a testing ground. So you get something and you say, well, oh, this should be warm tolerant," And so we can put it, place it with a grower down in Medellin and find out whether it really is. Some, some, uh. some perform... Even better there, and, and some don't, so, there's you know, always casualties and failures, but uh, we're trying to make that, uh, that type, so it won't, they won't look any different in the public. Mm-hmm. That's the, the thing sure. The goal is to make something which is quite showy and decorative and, uh, and good size, good color. color is the most important thing in selling an orchid mm-hmm. color It's mm-hmm. color. Now it could be white. You know, a, yeah. a really yeah. beautiful white. Someone said, I love white. You know, well, that, that that's a very important part of the business. But, I, uh, you know, it can be red, and they, it's got to be red.
0: Well, you've got you almost know, every, every color imaginable, uh, excepting maybe black and the very
2: rare blue. Um, that that you, and you, then you all the different blue, the splashes. Well, and, well, hey, come on, guys. Of- come on. Hey, hey, hey. I'll stop right there at the blue orchid because you can get those over <laughs> yeah, at uh, well, Grocery out. Sure, a little food, color- you, color. little food coloring goes along with way, John. And they're bright uh, blue. Yeah. A and they're fruit, natural, fruit. and they'll stay blue.
0: <laughs> 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 there are
1: natural blue orchid, uh, phalaenopsis, blue phalaenopsis orchids now.
0: There are. There well, are. are.
1: Thank you. <laughs> so, yes, there are, but they're rare, they're relatively. Just, just oh. coming onto just coming onto the market, but uh, you know, like all these things, Frank orchids.
2: But yeah. I, I swear, loyal. cross my heart, I've had people tell me, yeah. I bought this blue orchid and it was gorgeous, and then it died. And then when I when I got it to bloom again, it, it was, it, pink, was white.
0: Right, it was white. Oh yeah,
2: it was white. <laughs> and, and I cut the flower, and it turned the water blue. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Well, well, again,
1: you know, everyone's everyone's idea is different. You know, when when I was a graduate student, when, there were two safeways in in Port Collins, in Colorado, uh, and my my professor did a did a study where he had the same carnations in both, uh, and then in one of them he had dyed carnations, uh-huh. and. It was really interesting, and you took a, you had a jar that was painted so you couldn't see how many peas were in the jar. And you put a, a dry, you put a dried pea in the jar for the ones you
3: liked. And oh. one side
1: of town, one side of town, uh, where the Hispanic population was strongest, the peas were all in the dyed ones
3: uh-huh. in the dyed uh-huh. ones.
1: And on the other side, they're in the traditional colors. and Ribald colors. You learn from that, Andy. He said there are many markets in the United States. Amen. Oh, how interesting. (laughs) That's
2: that's fascinating. So
0: true. What what colors do you see right now, especially with your hybridizing work? What what seems to be the trend right now in terms of color? Or is it the, the splashes, the multis?
1: No, no, I think they, I think these, the, the 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 basic color is you know is important. Yeah, I, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of There's an interesting spotted symbidiums. That's mm-hmm. been a, I think that's just going over the top a little bit now in a craze <laughs> that went on for three or four more years. Um, I think the white is still in cymbidiums is still the predominant color. The alba whites, mm-hmm. where, where the red of the lip is replaced by yellow are very popular. Mm-hmm. They're very popular mm-hmm. as a clean flower and all of things, except in China, where that's a flower for death. It's a funeral yes.
0: flower. Yeah, oh, oh, the oh, color, oh, yeah, morning so yeah. is white,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you have, to, you have to be aware of those things, but uh, we, I would say that, the, you know, the alba white cymbidium is probably at its peak of, uh, of demand right at this point. Well, it, it's at a peak of demand right now. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. that's, that's fascinating. And uh, But the rest of the colors, you know, uh, good reds are popular. Again, that's seasonal. You know, sure. a, a red or a pink for Mother's Day in a Cymbidium, it's very difficult to achieve still, but mm-hmm. uh, very popular. Yeah. You
3: know, mm-hmm. And
1: Valentine's Day, you know, you get those sort of Easter wants white, you know, Easter's right. white, and Christmas is red, white, and green for Cymbidium. Yep. Yep. You know, you know all those. You have all those sort of uh, landmarks out there, you know, when, <laughs> yeah. you're, when yeah. you're hybrid.
2: Well, I mean the the wedding trade also. I mean, it becomes uh, Martha Stewart does a, a fancy design in oh, cream, cream colored flowers. People we love to hate. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. cream trendsetters. Col- yeah. All of a sudden, if it's not cream, I don't want it. And it's like, uh,
3: oh,
1: that, 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 it's a very fickle market. I, yeah, you, know, you understand Cuttholars that. You understand that. Too. Yeah. Some yeah. some years you eat them, and the next year you sell them for twice the normal price. And <laughs> the uh, you? Well, we we
0: yeah. always we always found just change the name and make it sound fancy. You know, uh, oh, you know oh, yeah. take it from oh. Sundowner to oh. Tequila Sunrise, and you've I, got a hit. I, I
2: don't know. One one of the issues that a lot of the Rosarians talk about is that for for whatever reason you can register uh, a, a new rose that you hybridized with a, a name you can call it. Peace, or you can call it American yes. Beauty again. Yes. and I do Is hmm. that true with it with the Sylvinium oh, trade?
1: No, 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 no. They, they, I don't like the R H S much, but I would say that they're very strict on the nomenclature,
3: uh-huh. and
1: you cannot you cannot reuse the name. So, uh, uh-huh. I mean, it. it I, I think that's terrible. You know, I, I also used to race. Thoroughbreds and breed thoroughbred racehorses, and they're very strict on names there too. (laughs) I think that's a that's a good thing, you know, because the genetic information that you need. Of course, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, and some of these names, again, they're very trendy, and then they'll change the name. You know, they'll start it off with this name called um stretch johnson and then the next thing yeah. you know they're selling the same thing as rock and roll it, it drives the bookies crazy <laughs> doesn't it yeah especially when you're trying now, to place That's
1: why they, yeah. they call trade names you know yeah. they call yeah. those trade names in, in orchids and that's okay sure i mean that uh-huh. sometimes is a protection against the genetic information you don't want registered
0: yeah. uh, oh. yeah, well that's true we, we, that's we use some point.
1: trade names we use some trade names today because we have to be careful that again, the pirates, um, if, if they've got a real name, let's say it's an orchid and it's Joe Truscott Variety Salinas. Right. And oh. then it gets an award and everyone wants to buy one. And so the pirates buy get it, and they start selling it back to the hobbyists at a high price. Yeah. And, and so, you you know, so you sold it commercially and, uh, then the hobbyists are buying it, you know, at $50 a plant and everything. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's, You know, it it doesn't affect you. You, You've made your sales into the commercial market, but it really irks me when you see these pirates Selling these things to the hobbyists at a high price, right? I you bet. know, a price.
2: Well, I I so, knew this this uh, hour would just fly by. Oh boy! And we Scratch have we have to draw to a close yeah. so the next crew can get in here yeah, and yeah. set up. But uh, <laughs> Andy, Andy, such Andy it's, it's such a pleasure. It's great hearing your voice, and I'm I'm so happy to. I do, this I all worked out.
0: Do hope that you'll you'll come back for another appearance on the show yeah, because l- we have so well, much I more I to hope, talk hopefully
1: about. Hopefully, I'll survive another year or two. Yeah. so uh, Let's hope so.
0: Let's hope so, and and happy planting.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Thank thank you very, very much. All right.
2: Bye now. now. Have a great day. Bye. Mm -hmm. Bye. You too.